Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi on the 20th of December. Richard Cross and Michael Borky with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Two 18-hole championship courses at Dancing Rabbit, the Oaks, and the Azaleas course. The Azaleas, so spectacular in the spring, right about the time the Masters is happening a couple of states to our east. You've got the Azaleas that are popping at Dancing Rabbit uh, start thinking about spring golf when the weather warms up, and it's not five degrees like it's going to be later this week. And uh, maybe have that in somebody's uh, Christmas bundle. Maybe it's a stocking stuffer. Maybe it's a gift for uh, a golfer in your life. Just call them or go online to DancingRabbitGolf.com to uh, book a tee time or plan a trip. Or if you need a gift card, you can call them and get that as well. If you want to be a part of the conversation this afternoon, we would love for you to join us on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. I uh, want to give your business the edge. Get gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire business backed by world-class IT experts who live where you do. That's right here in ceasefire country. Ceasefire.com slash business. As I mentioned, just the two of us today, Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad is off this week on a vacation with his family. He will return on Monday after Christmas, and we'll look forward to that. Today, uh, here in the state of Mississippi, in Starkville at Humphrey Coliseum, the memorial service to honor the life of Mike Leach happened, uh, what got started a little over an hour ago. They wrapped things up about 2.45, a uh, a nice, uh, just an exceptionally well-done tribute uh, to Mike Leach, the football coach, Mike Leach, the humanitarian, Mike Leach, the generous giver, and Mike Re- Leach, the, the husband and father and friend. Uh, it was all encapsulated in that service today. Borky, thought really nicely done by the people at Mississippi State, uh, a tip of the cap to all the people that were involved in putting that together in the celebration of Mike Leach's life. Yeah, and it, as we said before, it bears repeating the the impact he had on the sport uh, is displayed by the people that were there in in support of him. It, it was it's a remarkable scene when you consider the the powerful people that stood up on that stage today. Not just the people in attendance, but the people that spoke. Yeah, 
attributing their success back to that guy. You have national championship coaches. You have Heisman Trophy, many Heisman Trophy coach, uh, winning coaches up there, and all attributing success back to Mike Leach. You even had the starter for the Eagles this weekend standing up on stage uh, talking about him as well. It's um, you know, if it wasn't such a you know a sad thing, it would be really cool to think about just how impactful he was. Just this one guy and the culmination of college football today, uh, talking about him and his impact is is really cool uh, with the unfortunate backdrop of it being in his memory. Among the speakers today, uh, Bob Stoops, former head football coach at Oklahoma, won a national championship at OU. Mike Leach was his offensive coordinator. Gardner Minshew, Mississippi native from Brandon, Mississippi, who played for Mike Leach for one season, was with him for about six months at uh, at Washington State. Mississippi State quarterback Will Rogers uh, taking the stage and speaking today. Dave Emrick, who was um, he was kind of Mike Leach's chief of staff, and that's the role that he is uh, occupying now for Lincoln Riley at the uh, University of Southern California. Lincoln Riley spoke today. Also, Neil Price, the voice of the Mississippi State Bulldogs, was the final speaker and uh, kind of wrapped things up um, and and spoke on behalf of Mississippi State. You're right, Borky, the, uh, the attendance list. I mean, it, it feels almost gratuitous to say it this way, and so I, I mean it in the most respectful way possible. But it was a who's who list uh, in the in the college football world with former players, former coaches, media colleagues, um, you know, family members, friends, Mississippi State fans, representatives from the SEC. There was a contingent from Ole Miss that was there today, including Keith Carter and Lane Kiffin and Monty Kiffin and former Mississippi State player and Ole Miss player this last uh, this past season. Malik Heath was there. Um, you, you had people from all walks of life. And just about every uh, every corner of the football world that you could imagine, all there to to celebrate Mike Leach. And one of the things, and, and I guess we kind of mentioned this Monday and Tuesday last week when we uh, when we were talking about him. Everybody that in, ever encountered Mike Leach, everybody has a Mike Leach story. Some are more innocuous than others. Some are more, you know, just I remember talking to him. And then some of them are funny, and some of them are serious, and some of them are life lessons, and some of them are football related, and some of them are, uh, you know, from uh, maybe sharing a bar stool or or a bar sitting on bar stools adjacent to each other, or making up a reason to recruit a player in Key West, Florida. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> found a kicker down there. Yeah, I mean all, all <laughs> the all the reasons, but everybody that came in contact with Mike Leach in one way or another has a Mike Leach story. And I think it's because he was such a, an interesting, a compelling, a fascinating, a curious person. Um, and he made people feel at ease, right? So many times when you, you think about football coaches, you think about coaches kind of being on a pedestal and fans kind of looking up and in, in some ways even deifying coaches, right, wrong, or indifferent. And... Um, Mike Leach had the ability to make people feel at ease and make people feel important when he was talking to them, uh, regardless of who they were or where they were or what the, the situation was. 
So uh, a nice celebration. And you've got some stuff that, that we're going to be able to listen to from the memorial yeah. service as well, right? Yeah, we'll hear uh, a couple things from Lincoln Riley, including him de- describing a car ride, uh, a car, almost a car accident yeah. that he had uh, with Mike Leach, where Leach didn't see the guy give them uh, the old one-finger salute, and Leach waved at him with a smile, thinking that it was a fan. Um Mark Stoops uh, directly addressing the Mississippi State football team. Pretty cool uh, little moment there. Uh, Bob Stoops. Yes, Bob Stoops, not Mark Stoops. I have Kentucky on the brain. Ray Davis just announced that he was transferring to Kentucky, and my question is, is that any better than Vanderbilt? But anyway, um, Bob Stoops directly addressing the – the Mississippi State football team. Uh, two clips yes, from Hal. That's better than I know. I was I was making a okay. joke about. Oh that. yeah, I was just saying. Are you serious? I mean, I mean, Kentucky was what only two wins better than Vanderbilt this year, and uh, oh yeah, Vanderbilt beat Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But uh, Hal Mummy talking about the the birth of the nickname the Pirate, and also a, a longer clip from Hal Mummy describing the uh, the birth of the air raid. Uh, so so cool stuff coming as well. And there's a message from Toby Keith as well. Because why not? I mean, of course there is. Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. Jeff says the waterworks were in full effect this afternoon listening to the Coach Mike Leach Memorial Service. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there were a lot of emotions for a lot of people um, that uh, either were there in person or watched online or on the SEC Network or on ESPNU. There were a lot of ways that uh, you could, could consume that or, uh, or just listen to it as well. So we'll play some of those clips for you. Dane Bradshaw is going to join us this afternoon as well as we get closer and closer. We are eight days away from the start of SEC basketball. Right? you you got a bunch of teams that are playing games today. Yeah. and uh, Including Ole Miss right now. There, there might be a pretty, uh, uh-oh, upset brewing in Oxford. Well, Ole Miss had, what, a two-point lead at the half over North Alabama? You got a score update? Uh, they were down by five in the second half uh, until my stream crashed, so I'm refreshing it right now to get you a more accurate <laughs> uh, score update. 43-38, North Alabama leads over Ole Miss um, with 15-44 to play. Deshaun Ruffin leading the way for the Rebels. He's got, uh, got 10 points in the game. Drake and Mississippi State will play tonight. In Lincoln, Nebraska, in the battle in the vault at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Vault with an L, not a... Well, there's also a U, but... Yeah. Not... It's V-A-U-L-T, not V-A-U-G-H-T. Drake and Mississippi State, 4 o'clock Central Time, tip-off for that game. Alabama's hosting Jackson State tonight. Uh, Florida and Oklahoma are playing in Charlotte, North Carolina and already one upset. This is a game. This is a day. This is a spot on the schedule that coaches dread. The last game before kids get to go home for their Christmas break. And it's not like college basketball players get a long Christmas break. And so they're looking forward to that time at home and sometimes looking past their opponent. Wofford goes to College Station. And beats Texas A&M 67-62 in the final game before Texas A&M breaks briefly for uh, for the holidays. North so, Alabama, 273. In oh, yeah, it'd net. be an RPI bomb, no doubt. It'd be a destructor. 
or net bomb, I guess it is. All right, Sports Talk Mississippi streaming with you at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We will be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. Magnolia trees at night, sparkling bright, fields of cotton love, wintry white. When it's Christmas time in New Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We'll get into some basketball conversation with Dane Bradshaw for the SEC Network and ESPN College Basketball Analyst there, former Tennessee volunteer, uh, in our next segment. But uh, let's talk a little bit more about Mike Leach's memorial service and hear some of those clips from earlier today. We'll start with uh, a guy that is going to be starting at quarterback on Saturday for the Philadelphia Eagles against the Dallas Cowboys. Gardner Minshew getting the start in place of the injured Jalen Hurts. We talked with his dad last week about his football journey from Brandon High School, graduating early to Troy, only for Troy not to really follow through with what they said they were going to do, to Northwest Mississippi Community College in Senatobia, to Greenville, North Carolina, where he played at East Carolina, to going to transfer to Alabama and play slash kind of get into the coaching line maybe for Nick Saban, only to get a phone call from Mike Leach to say, hey, instead of holding a clipboard for Nick Saban, why don't you come lead the country in passing yards for me at Washington State? We, are, of, course, uh, of course, are talking about Gardner Minshew. Off. Just want to give my condolences to Sharon and you know, the kids and the Leach family. Uh, and there's a lot of people that share in your grief. You know, there's a lot of people that love Coach. Um, he's touched so many lives, impacted so many people. Uh, I know how much he impacted mine, and I, I was really just with him for about six months, you know, right there. And, um, yeah, just sorry for your loss. Um, it's awesome to see everybody, you know, the outpouring this last week or so, all the stories. Uh, just seeing the impact the coach had on so many people, whether – you know, you played for him, coached with him, or met him on his walk to work, whatever. You know, he had, he had that kind of way of touching you, you know. Um, as a kid, you know, I loved Coach. Um, I didn't know him, you know, but uh, when I was in sixth or seventh grade, my dad was my peewee coach. He drove a couple hours because we heard a guy, Wyatt Rogers, Will Rogers' dad, was running air raid. So my dad drove two hours, got the air raid, playbook, brought it back. So some of the first plays I ever ran in football was that. Um, I was at a middle school birthday party when Tech and Texas were playing. Didn't give a damn about the party. I was glued to the TV. Had to watch Crabtree score. Um, and in ninth grade, I read Swing Your Sword. And uh, in high school, we ran the air raid. So to say the plan for Coach Leach was a dream, you know, that uh, really doesn't cover it. Um, man, he was, you know, my favorite coach long before, long before I ever met him. Um, and from that first conversation I had with him, you know, he really changed my world, changed my life from a simple question, just, do you want to lead the country in passing? For a guy that was on his fourth school in four years, that never really occurred to me. You know, I thought um, I'd like to go get a chance, you know, maybe get to play, play some, start a little bit, 
That'd be a lot of fun, you know. Um, so when he said that, man, it was, a, it was a paradigm shift for me. I'd never set a goal like that for myself. I'd never seen myself in that light. But that was one of the things that made Coach uh, so special, you know. He could um, see that potential in people and help bring it out of you. You know, he didn't um, he didn't believe those really overachievers. If you could achieve it, you know, that was your 100%. But he had a gift of getting you closer to that 100% um, than you ever so that was part of what Gardner Minshew had to uh, had to say today at uh, Mike Leach's memorial service. He was excused from practice today by the uh, Philadelphia Eagles to come and be a part of that service. And uh, you had a lot of people that uh, had to get excused from work or let their bosses know that they were going to be doing something else. I would imagine that uh, the airport in Starkville today pretty busy, uh, pretty busy with uh, a lot of planes getting people yeah. in and out in a hurry. So. Um... Uh, in that video they cut to, to show Will Rogers, it, you can tell he loved his coach, man. It's a, a hard day for him, but goes to show you that, that that behind the quirkiness there had to have been substance there to to get his quarterback to to care for him the way that Will Rogers clearly did. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, right? I mean, Will Rogers recruit, recruited by Mike Leach. To some degree, while he was at Washington State, and then he ends up coming to Mississippi State, where Will Rogers is committed, and Will Rogers ends up starting as a freshman in that crazy 2020 COVID freshman season with injuries and opt-outs and positive COVID tests and all of those things, but it gave Will Rogers a chance to grow up in a hurry. And you watched him grow on the football field during that season. And then last year, really good numbers. And good numbers again this season for uh, for Will Rogers. Who else can we hear from, Borky? Here's uh, Lincoln Riley. So uh, I'll give you the car ride. How's, uh, how's that? I'll give you the car ride that he and, uh, he and Mike Leach had where Mike Leach mistaked an angry driver for a fan. Um, it's the day before the 2008 Texas and Texas Tech game, the iconic game that uh, that we were able to win in Lubbock. And we're leaving from the facility uh, to, to head over to the team hotel. I was going to ride the bus that day, and so I saw a coach in the parking lot. He said, hey, do you mind if I catch a ride with you over to the team hotel? He said, sure. So we jump in the car, which is odd because I've known Coach Leach for a long time. I think it's the only time I ever rode in a car with him that he was actually driving. And, um, so we're going down the road talking, uh, just going down University University Drive, and his phone rings. It's an old Motorola Razor. He looks at it, sees a car, he kind of flashes to me. It's, it's Matthew McConaughey. So he gets on the phone, and they start a conversation, as you could imagine, only Mike, Mike Leach and Matthew McConaughey could have. Um, and we're going down the road, and any of you that knew Mike Leach, you know he's a guy that could get hyper-focused on just about anything, but also at times could be maybe a little oblivious to, to other things going on in the world. So he's on the phone talking, driving, not really paying attention, um, and I see him um, put on his blinker to, to make a right-hand turn or to get in the right-hand lane. I look over. I'm in the passenger seat, and there's this big truck right next to us. 
And I remember thinking, like, he's not really going to try and change lanes. Like, he sees this truck next to us. Uh, no, he didn't. Um, <laughs> so he jerks the car over to the right lane. I grab hold just instinctively of the seat. The truck swerves over. You hear brakes, uh, slams on the brakes. They start honking their horn. Tires are squealing. I mean, it's just kind of pandemonium. Coach has no clue. No clue. So we're continuing down the road. I'm looking back. This truck comes around us, up next to the side of us, and they're yelling some not very nice things, giving us, uh, 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 telling us we're number one, all of that, right? And uh, so I'm, I'm wondering, it's just a scene out of a movie. Coach is on the phone, still not paying attention. These people are honking. So finally, Coach kind of notices that somebody's there. He rolls down his window. He thinks it's a fan. He goes, oh, hey, Mike Leach, good to see you. And... <laughs> Lincoln Riley. It's funny. I've heard or read two or three different places where people reference, I rode with Mike Leach where he was driving one time, and that was enough. <laughs> maybe there was maybe there was enough self-awareness that he was not a good driver, that he just kind of chose to either walk or be chauffeured most of the places that, uh, that he went. Apparently, famously, not a good driver, not a guy that you wanted to be riding shotgun with. Mm. Oh, man. Also found out that Lincoln Riley cannot pronounce Matthew McConaughey's last yeah. name. <laughs> I, I still, I mean, the, the, the audio gold that a conversation between Mike Leach and Matthew McConaughey, the, the, the gold that would have come from a recording of their conversations. Yeah. Be better yeah, than crypto, I'll tell you that. That uh, that absolutely would have been good. I, I still stand by that um, it is it is a shame that Mike Leach and Jimmy Buffett didn't have time together. Because a song would have come out of that meeting. Somebody would have written a song out of that meeting. I don't know, maybe Jimmy Buffett actually did write a song about Mike Leach. I would say a pirate looks at 40, but when you read into what that song's about, I don't think that's about Mike Leach. No, 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 no. <laughs> not, not so much there. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday afternoon. Ole Miss has retaken the lead against North Alabama, 48-47. That's with 9.08 to play at the Sandy and John Black Pavilion. In Oxford, North Alabama's got a um, they got a guard that's got 20 points and has made six threes in the game. Almost led by Deshaun Ruffin, he's got 10. Jamin Brakefield and Matthew Morrell both with nine in the game as well. Dane Bradshaw will join us coming up next to talk some SEC basketball. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Sports Talk Mississippi.
Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the lane. Back on Sports Talk, Mississippi. Mississippi State is the only undefeated team right now that plays basketball in the SEC. They are 11 and 0, and they've got a game against Drake later today on the road in Lincoln, Nebraska. Arkansas and LSU and Missouri are all 10 and 1. You've got Alabama, Auburn, and Tennessee at 9 and 2. Georgia and Ole Miss at 8 and 3. Ole Miss playing right now and currently leading, I think, over North Alabama. Nope, North Alabama is retaking the lead. It's 54-53 with just over six minutes to play. Um, a little surprised to see Kentucky with three losses, and yet there they are at seven and three. Florida with the first year head coach is seven and four. Texas A&M loses today to fall to six and five, and then you got South Carolina and Vanderbilt below five hundred, both at five and six. Dane Bradshaw joins us to talk some SEC basketball, college basketball analyst with the SEC Network and ESPN. It's been a while, Dane. What's up, my man? It has. Hope you guys have been doing great. You had a fun football season and. uh Pretty active one down there. Plenty to cover. Hope ratings were great for you. I know they were. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a fun football season. Plenty to uh, talk about. And yet we get to basketball season. And honestly, last year there wasn't much to talk about around here in, in terms of hoops. Mississippi State was okay. Ole Miss was okay. Southern Miss was bad. This year things have gone better. Let's start with Mississippi State, who is undefeated at eleven and zero. They've got a game against Drake. And they're really going to get tested to start Southeastern Conference play. First year for Chris Jans. Uh, outside looking in, what do you make of Mississippi State so far and the way they've played? Um, they've been better than I expected in year one. Although, I tell you what, every person you talk to, like within the SEC, whether it was coaches, former coaches, uh, media, there were six hires in the SEC. And not to take anything away from others, Everybody seemed to say, hey, the best fit there is Chris Jans, Mississippi State. Um, that guy's been a proven head coach for a long time. He has a ruggedness, uh, chip on his shoulder approach. His teams play extremely hard, and it just felt like a, a, a perfect fit. And so maybe we shouldn't be surprised at the, at the fast start and, you know, getting Tolu Smith to, to stick around. Um, I've been a big fan of Tolu Smith, even though he's been a little bit inconsistent throughout his career. But um, I said last year, some Kentucky fans didn't like it. I didn't say he was better than Oscar Shebway. But for a back-to-the-basket, you got to post somebody up in the SEC. I really like Tolu Smith, and, and I think he's, he's showing you some of that. And their defense is playing so well that it, it doesn't put too much of a burden on, on their offense to perform. And so, um, you know, he's, he's got them bought in, and I, maybe that phrase is – a little bit overused, but but you can see it, um, and and it's so important for these guys to get in and get it. And, and when you're when you're somebody that's kind of been humbled, it's not like Mississippi State wasn't competitive, but all these guys are looking for either a new opportunity, a second chance, redemption, whatever it is. And when you get a taste of that success early on, boy, does it make the coach's life easier for them to be like, hey, maybe coach does know what he's talking about. Look look at the immediate success we're having with by implementing it. So uh, their schedule had been extremely tough. But uh, like Ole Miss and some others, just avoiding those bad losses, now all of a sudden you go into conference play, and, man, if you can come out 500, you should be right there in the conversation of a tournament bid. Yeah. 
Dane, going into this season, I, I felt like there were kind of three levels in the SEC. That, that top level that we looked at, we thought was going to be really good. And I mean, that was that was a group that included Kentucky, although maybe they've kind of underperformed a little bit, and Tennessee and, and Auburn and Arkansas and Alabama. Maybe those five teams. And then at the bottom of the league, it felt like you were going to have South Carolina there, Vanderbilt, who maybe has been worse than than I thought they were going to be. And probably Georgia, and then you weren't sure about Florida and A and M, and then you had that kind of middle group with basically everybody having played eleven or twelve games at this point. Do you still believe that that's kind of where the league is, or are you looking at it differently? Yeah, I'd say I agree with your top folks there that that have mostly performed. And yeah, there's been some slip ups. You've got some concerns with with Kentucky, but you're right. There's there's Arkansas, there's Alabama. There's Tennessee, Kentucky, and Auburn's probably a step behind those. But that, that's your, your top five, you feel, about a, an NCAA tournament. And then Mississippi State's been a good surprise. I think Ole Miss, if they can hold on today, this is the slip-up we can't have in the SEC. So that, yep. that's a one-point game, I believe, right now. Um, so, so Ole Miss, uh, Missouri, you're, you're still unsure of. But, hey, they're 10-1, and kind of like Mississippi State, where you say, you know, these are games that they typically have lost in the past, and they hadn't. So, Reason for optimism, and then uh, the the bottom. I'd say the the two that you scratch your head and say, "Man, if you're Greg Sankey or others at the SEC, you're thinking, I really thought Florida and A and M would be that seventh or eighth, seventh and eighth team we could count on." And right now, they they've got an uphill battle with their NCAA tournament resume. I, I believe A and M just lost to Wofford as well. Yeah, so, yeah um, we've, we've seen Buzz be able to turn it around, but I, I saw those guys at the Myrtle Beach Invitational uh, in November, and it was not a good performance. And so um, they they they've got some work to do. But the reason there are so many expectations there is because they had just about everybody back, other than uh, kid Q Jackson. So uh, you you thought. Their redemption year was this year after they felt snubbed by the NCAA committee. But right now they got they got nobody to look at except themselves. And uh, but Buzz went on a hot streak last year. See if he can do it a little bit earlier this time around. So Dane, is there anything that has surprised you so far? I mean, you mentioned Mississippi State being undefeated, maybe a little bit of a surprise, and uh, kind of an important game for them today against Drake. And I guess when I when I say surprise, I mean I'm also kind of looking at the backdrop of net rankings, and and really outside of South Carolina and, and Vanderbilt, the league is in pretty good shape going into conference play with where some teams are in the net. Uh, no question, and you're going to have so many quality win opportunities and and very few bad loss opportunities too. And I was. I had Notre Dame, Georgia recently. I've had three ACC teams early on in this season. I was talking to Coach Mike Bray for Notre Dame, and and right now the ACC is similar to what the SEC was many years ago, which is odd, where they just didn't do enough in the non-conference to mm-hmm. where you know back in the you know seven eight years ago the SEC was sitting there. Oh boy, the only quality wins left for us are Kentucky, Florida. If we don't win those, and if we lose to some others, then, then we got no shot. And that's that's kind of where the ACC is, whereas the SEC is one of those few conferences that you say, man, you know, they're, they're well positioned to get uh, six teams in the tournament and then certainly probably three to four others that, that feel like they're, they got a legit shot at getting in there too. So, um, should be an awesome season. I, I, don't, I, I would have told you, uh, early, I, I thought Kentucky, I saw them, um, and the big blue Bahamas, not the facing the Dominican Republic, was a great, uh, great <laughs> test for them. But, but they, they just 
they've been so sluggish offensively that they're they're not as high of an IQ team as they were a year ago. So there's some concerns there. So then I've pivoted to Arkansas. Of hey, that's that's the top team, and I still think they can be. But they they lost the kid Trevin Brazil, who's a huge uh, dynamite athlete transfer from Missouri. And I think he just brings a different element that uh, they'll battle around him and, and by committee, but they, I think that's a pretty significant loss. Um, and now all of a sudden you, you look and say, man, maybe maybe it is Alabama and everybody else chasing the tide because of how, you know, the quality of teams they played, how we've seen them compete, even in their losses. They played well, it seemed like. And Brandon Miller, the freshman stud, dude, this guy is insane. I mean, he's got – He's got an insane wingspan. His, his arms are, are down past his knees, but he is a catch-and-stick and off the bounce however you want it from three. Really exciting young player. Yeah, it really is impressive. 11 of the 14 teams in the SEC currently in the top 100 of the net, so a lot of opportunities, as you were saying just a second ago, to point out. Hard to believe. A week from tomorrow is the, the start of SEC play. Is that hard? Uh, only got a couple of minutes left as a player, to get your mindset to, okay, the calendar hasn't turned, but league play has begun? Um, yeah, I think this is where the veteran teams should really shine because there is a whole new sense of urgency that that now happens. And the veterans know that, hey, no matter how good we may have been in the non-conference, there's so much more film on you now and there's so much more familiarity. Even if we haven't played uh, a conference foe yet, They've been following us much more than, say, you know, like my example, Georgia versus Notre Dame, I called this past week. And, like, Georgia players hadn't been watching Notre Dame basketball. That's a quick study, quick scout, and try to get the win. Whereas here, you know, guess what? Georgia's been following Alabama. They've been looking at, uh, you know, the SEC now and and following each other, and they know who each other are. So, um, uh, you know, it's going to be – and I tell you what, the, the defenses, I, I think there's six of them in like the top 15 or so. Maybe maybe that's a stretch, top 20 in defensive efficiency. I mean, everybody talks about these analytics and, and how much it helps offense and knowing where to get guys the ball and all that stuff, which is true. But I tell you, I'm not sure it doesn't help the defense even more because the detailed scouting reports and the way they're executing everybody from Tennessee uh, to Arkansas, those, those top five, six teams – uh, those teams all have a terrific uh, defensive standard within their program. You got a house full, Dane. Are you ready for Christmas? I am. I'll tell you what, you, you with kids can appreciate this. So I've got three or four in the car with me right now sitting in the parking lot before practice. My nine-year-old just lost a tooth through this interview, and yeah. they still kept quiet. They keep tapping me on the shoulder. I'm like, what, what? Leave me alone. They hold up a tooth. So I'll give, I love them, it. I'll give them credit for First day, and I had to, I drew this interview through some adversity and distraction, but hopefully I pulled it off for you, man. Te- teaching, teaching by example. So we got the tooth fairy <laughs> visiting, and we got Santa Claus coming before long as well. Go coach your team, Dane. Thanks so much. I appreciate you, man. Merry Dane Christmas. Bradshaw. Merry Christmas to you as well. College basketball analyst with ESPN and the SEC Network, and a kid who just lost a tooth in the car. We'll be right back in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Come on. Do this. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Keep rolling. Three, two, one. Super Talk Mississippi. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yeah. Ah! 
Dave Bradshaw joined us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Richard Cross and Michael Borky with you on this Tuesday afternoon, just five days away from Christmas. Borky, this is... So James is how old? He just turned three. So this is kind of the first year where James is ready for the full-on Christmas experience. Yeah, so I'm not quite sure. Actually, I'm I'm, I'm totally sure. He doesn't understand that Santa's going to come on Christmas down Nana and Pop-Pop's chimney and and give presents to him yet. He he, he can't wrap his mind around that. But he knows that Santa exists, and he knows who Santa is. We got to see Santa on Friday night. Loved him, which surprised me. Loved him. And he knows that Santa's bringing presents. So, for the most part, he's got the gist. And he obviously he knows how to open presents and stuff and, and gets that concept. But I think it'll be next year before, like, um, you know, we set cookies out for Santa for, for him to eat after. You know, we'll do that, obviously, for the big guy. But he won't understand that yet, I think. So Yeah. To, but at least he gets some of it, which will be fun on its own. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what is uh, what's at the top of the list for three year old boys in terms of asking? Does he does he get the concept of hey, I want this for Christmas? Trains and cars, trains and cars. Which he already has trades and he has cars, but buddy, you can never have enough trains and cars. Yeah, yeah. Or bears. He he likes teddy bears too. He's got a his Christmas bear that has a Santa hat on. It's his mm-hmm. favorite thing right now. But yeah. All right, so trains and cars and bears. Maybe there's a uh, a train set, possibly. Possibly, there's. Uh, you, you, did you ever have one of the the car tracks as a kid? Yeah, like that you matchbox cars would race on. Yeah, and and do the loop and jump yep. and yeah, oh yeah, yeah, those are awesome. Little uh, little labor intensive on the setup, but awesome yeah. nonetheless. Luckily, we're we're going to be away, yeah. so you know that that won't be part of the day. It'll be kind of chaos. There's going to be seven under five in the house. Oh wow! Oh wow! That's going to be something. No, six under five. Six under five. Yeah, but that'll be fun nonetheless. Oh yeah. Very very cool stuff. I, I mean. Is there an elf at the Borky house? You guys have an elf that visits you every day? Yeah, the uh, the elf came and James wasn't interested. So so the elf on his shelf went and went went to another house because okay. he he didn't really care. Got it. Got it. Do you give that another go next year? Oh yeah. Um, well, we'll try one more or, or, or hope that the elf chooses to visit next year and then yeah, he'll come back. And then. You know, if he's still not interested, then we'll, we'll thank him for his service and let him go on his merry way. But yeah, just didn't care. We, we've had Mr. Bojangles for um, good grief. Mr. Bojangles has been visiting our house for six, seven, eight years now. Wow. I don't know what that equates to in elf years, but I feel like he's getting on up there. <laughs> and it's a big deal. I mean, we, now our... Mr. Bojangles is not quite as mischievous as some of the elves that I see on Instagram. He just kind of like hangs out in in various places just so he can kind of watch everything. But some of these some of these elves like 
get into cookie jars and make messes and play dress up and it, uh, we we have a, a very down to earth elf Good. that visits us. Yeah, because we we've got two dogs and a cat, so we we've got enough destructive things running around the house as it is. So I'm glad the mm. elf doesn't do that. Yeah, and then we have a uh, there was a so so Mr. Bojangles I guess has a helper this year. Um, there is a a, a miniature uh, elfus. Oh, nice! In 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 training, I suppose Olivia is uh, is hanging out with Mr. Bojangles. So cool! They they hang out together, and it, it's pretty cool, pretty pretty neat. But that's uh that's the first thing that Francis thinks about when she wakes up every day. Uh, ceasefire text line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. That's the number if you want to be a part of the conversation. This afternoon, Darren and Jackson sent us this message earlier. He said, I'm a rebel through and through, but I respected and loved Coach Leach. Fair winds and following seas, you old pirate. That is from Darren in Jackson. Uh, and we will, uh, in the 4 o'clock hour, we'll have uh, some more clips for you from Mike Leach's memorial service today at Humphrey Coliseum at, uh, at Mississippi State. Looked like a, uh, a, a wonderful crowd there for that. They had a bunch of floor seats that were set up and then kind of the sides of the lower bowl of uh, the Coliseum uh, where fans, it was open to the public and people came to uh, to pay their respects and to honor the memory of Mike Leach. So just a really nice event happening there. You have bowl game today happening right now. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl where Eastern Michigan is leading 23-13 to over San Jose State. It's Eastern Michigan's mascot. Are they the Eagles? For some reason, I think. I think so. And then uh, they play on a gray field. You think your TV's screwed up when you watch it? Eastern Michigan does. They do. Yuck. Well, they're playing it's on terrible. a blue field today. Sports Talk Mississippi, four o'clock hour with you coming up next. You're hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. What? what? This is so awesome. On Super Talk Mississippi. Hang on the mistletoe. I'm gonna get to know you better. This Christmas and as we trim the tree, how much fun it's gonna be together. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, 30-13 to 13, Eastern Michigan laying it on San Jose State in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl on the blue turf at Albertson Stadium in frigid Boise, Idaho. Welcome back to the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. All I know is if you had gone to the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino earlier today and had chosen to bet on the Ole Miss basketball team, if you could find a line on their game as they were hosting North Alabama, you, you would be you, you would be a Sad individual right now. If you're just an Ole Miss basketball fan, period, you're a little bit of a sad individual right now. Like, like that's your emotion. I'm not saying that you are a sad individual. I'm just saying that your demeanor is that of 
sadness and defeat because defeat is what just happened to the Rebels against the University of North Alabama from the Atlantic Sun Conference, the A-Sun, with a net ranking of 276 and a 4-5 and five record coming into the game. Ole Miss goes down, 66-65. Led it by a deuce at the half, 36-34. They get outscored by three in the second half, 32-29. to North Alabama able to get pretty much any shot they wanted, especially down the stretch. Open mid-range jumpers, easily to the rim. Ole Miss missed what would have been a go-ahead layup from Deshaun Ruffin with about eight seconds left. Scramble for a loose ball. North Alabama player comes up with it, and you know what he does? He just sits there and waits for Ole Miss to eventually get their hands on it to tie it up with the possession uh, possession arrow favoring North Alabama. Heady play. Yeah, it's a horrendous loss. I mean, there's no other way to spin it. They're, They're 273 in the net. I think their Ken Palm is in the 300s. It's possibly one of the worst losses in terms of the metrics and program history. It is a horrendous loss. In an early season that hasn't been inspiring after going four and fourteen in conference play, it's not just that they lost to North Alabama. Bad losses happen in basketball sometimes. It's a sport of volatility. But when you started the UCF game down twenty-one to nothing at home, when Memphis ran you out of the gym in the first five minutes of that game, when it looks like offensively you are just a disaster. And you've got a pair of guards that shouldn't be running an offense that looks that bad. Again, after going four and fourteen in conference play, uh, it's a it's a hard product to consume and to watch. And now bad losses are happening. Up until this point, they didn't have a bad loss in the metrics on the schedule. They didn't have one. Now they do, and this is a horrible one. And fan base is, is checking out in droves. I've had friends text me, I didn't know they were playing a basketball game today. And these are people that don't miss a pitch, a dribble, a snap of Ole Miss sports. And they're out. So things better, I mean, you you know, said this during baseball season, and look at what happened. So credit me when they turn this around. They got two months to figure it out. Because right now, the basketball product, despite it being a difficult job, and it is, Despite NIL lacking in basketball compared to other SEC counterparts like Kentucky or Arkansas, for example, really lacking compared to some of their SEC counterparts. This is unacceptable. And they got two months to change it. Or else. Ole Miss's first four SEC games, we're using net rate rankings here. They open SEC play. A week from tomorrow against Tennessee, who is currently number four in the net, at four o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon on the day that the football team plays a bowl game. In the middle of the week, not four o'clock on a Friday afternoon that's a holiday, on December 28th, they play at four o'clock against the fourth best team in the country according to the net. And then they go to Alabama 
on January the 3rd for a Tuesday night game against an Alabama team that currently in the net is number 7. And then they go to Mississippi State on January the 7th on Saturday afternoon to face a Mississippi State team that is currently 11-0 and and is number 14 in the net. And then they come back home to host Auburn, an Auburn team that is 9-2 and and is currently number 57 in the net rankings, but is ranked in the top 25 in the polls if you care. That's how SEC play begins for Ole Miss. Now, after that, you got a couple of games that are winnable. Georgia, South Carolina. Got to go to Arkansas. That one looks tough. They all look tough, man. They just lost to North Alabama at home. On a Tuesday afternoon at 2 o'clock. Yeah. Which, you know, all of this can be true at once. Ole Miss generally is a really difficult basketball job. No history of winning. A state that doesn't produce... I, yeah. I, I know, I, I know, I, but I'm getting there. It's a very difficult job. There are a lot of things working against whoever the head coach for Ole Miss basketball is when they take the job. But the current product on the floor is simply unacceptable. Lacking NIL funds compared to SEC counterparts is not why that happened. It is not why UCF happened. It is not why you're going 4-14. Four and 14. This roster should be better, or at least the guard play should look better than this. It is, it's simply unacceptable. We can have the debate of how difficult of a job it is, and that's not why this is happening, though. Too many people excuse it. Oh, well, you know... Then donate more money to the Grove Collective if you want this to change. Oh, stop. No, this is unacceptable. What has happened today, what has happened at the start of this season, what happened in conference play last season is simply and should not be acceptable. It shouldn't be something that you explain away or try to justify. Everybody else in the SEC has figured it out. Everybody else. Yeah. Except for Vanderbilt. Sandy's a mess. South Carolina's a mess. Georgia's a mess. But South Carolina has a recent trip to the Final Four, at least. They went there. Yeah, but it was so long. Uh, yes, and fired Re- the guy recent that took them there, but they but... fired the guy that took them there three years later. But you're seeing it around the league. Programs are getting better. Teams are getting better. They're hiring better coaches. The league is significantly better. But, man, Ole Miss spent $100 million on a basketball building program that has a fan base that is apathetic and doesn't even know that his team's playing. Ole Miss has lost in four, five of its last seven? Oh, no, four of its last six. And I keep seeing people, when I talk about stuff like this, like on our podcast or whatever, people say, well, the fans have never cared. Not true. That is that is False. I have seen both. It was false in the 1980s. It was false in the 1990s. It was false in the 2000s. And it is false in the the teens. And I I feel like... If you put a product on the floor that is competitive, Ole Miss 
can create and has created as good an environment for basketball as you will find anywhere in the country, including Borky in the building they're playing in right now. Yep. So don't tell me people don't care. That that's that's not true. And it seems like they have rational expectations. I don't know a single Ole Miss fan that's like, better be a tournament team every year. I, I don't know a single one that thinks that crazy. It's just be entertaining and competitive and make it a, a once-every-four-year clip with competitive teams in the other three that are like on the bubble hosting NIT games is one that people have supported in the past. I've seen it. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think it's crazy to think that Ole Miss is a basketball program that could or should get to the NCAA tournament four out of ten years. Yeah, four, four, four times out of ten is better than, than one out of four, for sure. Yeah, four out of ten. You have 40% to finish, of the time. You have to finish eighth in the SEC or better to get there now. That's it. It's they just lost to North Alabama to fall to eight and four on the year. Mm. And it's sure not about to get any easier. We'll be back. Check this out. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Richard Cross and Michael Borky with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for being with us. So Ole Miss got some, uh, it's not to stay on a, a negative tone with Ole Miss. We were just talking a moment ago about uh, Ole Miss losing to North Alabama. Steven says, hey, Dad, is that the state game, I'm assuming? No, he did not go to Link. Well, I don't think he went to Lincoln, Nebraska. His plan was to be in St. Louis with his family on a bit of a vacation. He's off this week. I guess if he got bored in St. Louis, he could have driven to Lincoln, Nebraska to watch Mississippi State basketball play Drake, but I doubt that's the case. Thank you, Stephen, for the message on the ceasefire text line. You can be a part of the show there as well at uh, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with ceasefire business, world-class professionals, to help you make sure everything is working the way that it is supposed to work. Gigabit, fiber, internet, blazing fast speeds, incredible reliability. You get all of that to help you run, uh, make your business run its best. Ole Miss has had a, uh, a quarterback committed. Tomorrow is National Signing Day, by the way. Feels like a public service announcement is necessary. The early signing period begins tomorrow. National Signing Day, round one. You get another one in February and whatever else. Marcel Reed, the quarterback from Brentwood Academy, or NBA. Which is it, NBA or Brentwood Academy? NBA. NBA, Montgomery Bell Academy in Nashville. Has been committed to Ole Miss since last spring. He has stuck with Ole Miss, 
all the way through this recruiting process, led his team to a state championship game appearance in the state of Tennessee, and has had some tweets over recent weeks that made you wonder, okay, is he really looking around? Because of the season that he had, his status has gone up and visited Auburn, visited Texas A&M. Yesterday, he tweeted a, with that being said, tweet that he was decommitting from Ole Miss. He was still going to sign in the early signing period, and he would make his intentions known at 7 o'clock last night. Well, when 7 o'clock rolled around last night, those intentions were uh, fancy graphics of him in a cowboy hat headed to Texas A&M. So Marcel Reed, who's been committed to Ole Miss for months, two days before National Signing Day, reneges on that commitment, and he's going to Texas A&M. Now here's the really cool thing, right? Five years ago, we would have had to talk in code and innuendo, and you would sound like disgruntled, and you were accusing somebody of cheating and all those things. You're like, I wonder what went into that decision. We don't have to do that now. Texas A&M paid Marcel Reed more to come to College Station to play for the Aggies than Ole Miss either A, could pay, or B, was willing to pay. And I don't know which of those two it is. Maybe a combination of the two. Maybe they thought in terms of allocation of resources, it wasn't best to match whatever offer was out there from Texas A&M. However it is that that worked behind the scenes, either Ole Miss couldn't pay it or chose not to pay it. And Marcel Reed, who a week or so ago tweeted, what about the hashtag the word, NIL? Hashtag What's, NIL. Yeah. yeah. And it is 100% perfectly reasonably within his rights to do what he just did. Because there is an open market right now where high school players being recruited and frankly, transfer players, college players being recruited to leave their current school to go to another school, can be paid. Marcel Reed has no idea. He, In his mind, there may be a, a, a vision of what college football is going to look like for him, but in reality, he knows not what it is going to look like, how the next few years are going to play out. So... Whatever money he got from Texas A&M, which you have to believe was more than Ole Miss was going to pay him, is money that he might or might not have the opportunity to make down the line. And you cannot for a second in the environment that we're in blame Marcel Reed for choosing to go to a place where he was going to be paid more than the place where he's been committed to for eight or ten or months or however long it's been was willing to pay. That's you, you can not like it. You can think that the system needs to be tweaked or modified or shored up or cleaned up or whatever. You can debate the reasons as to why Marcel Reed would choose not to go to Ole Miss to play for Lane Kiffin 
in a quarterback-friendly offense, especially for a quarterback with his skill set, and instead go play for a coach who's running an antiquated offense that is a pro-style and a program that showed no interest in Marcel Reed until very recently. You, you can debate that all you want. What you can't debate is a kid making a decision at 17 or 18 years old, hey, this school's willing to give me X, and this school's willing to give me 3X. I'm going to go where I'm going to get paid more. You can't be upset with him for that. Oh, no. Not at all. And, and, it, and if you are, you're a little hypocritical because it's hard for me to believe that you wouldn't do the exact same thing in your work life. If you had an opportunity, and, and I'm just making the numbers up, to make three times, Michael Borky, you love your job. You don't, you don't love everything about your job every day, but you have said on this show you love what yeah. you get to do for a living. If another radio station in another place calls you tomorrow and offers you three times your salary, or maybe even two times your salary. I, I don't know what the number is. You're going, right? Uh, yeah, had a good run. Well, I mean, not you, not even go, a thought. You'll, you'll go to your boss's office tomorrow, and you will tell them, this is what I've been offered. This is something that I've got to do for my family. Give them your the chance your to counter Your bosses would have the opportunity to say, well, you know, we value you. We will match that. We value you. We can't match that, but that we can do this. Or we can't afford to do that. We're paying you what we can afford you to do, and we wish you all the best, and we don't blame you for it. And you do the same thing with your job. Yeah. So. It, it puts all Both things can be true at once. It puts Ole Miss in a tough spot uh, because as of right now, which – it's not going to end up this way. But as of right now, going into 2023, they have one scholarship quarterback on roster unless Kincaid Dent returns, which some people are talking about that possibility. But he did go through senior day stuff. So unless an announcement has happened that I have missed, as of now, one scholarship quarterback returning. There, there's a false narrative about the quarterbacks in the transfer portal. People think they all are just looking to go somewhere to start. That's not reality, though. I mean, they all might think that that's the case, but there's too many that will be in the portal and not enough starting spots to give out. There there will be guys in there that have multiple years of eligibility left that are going to have to go somewhere where there's an incumbent starter. So they'll they'll find somebody, and maybe Dent stays. But it, it is a business decision, and like you preface it with, some people may not like it, but... This idea that while well, they should overspend, do whatever it takes to keep him. No, you shouldn't. Because while you have a significant amount of money in NIL to use, you can't, quote, overspend for every player. That's bad business. You've probably already done it with at least one recruit. You have to also give players on your current roster money to, to keep them around more than what they were getting before the season started. And at some point, generally speaking, you have to make the decision of, okay, do we give, let's call it, 200 extra thousand dollars to this quarterback that, at best, 
you'll get to use at the start of the 2024 season, more likely 2025, and as the position works, probably transferring by then anyway. Or do you take that extra 200 k and get yourself a linebacker and a defensive lineman that you need to help the 2023 team? It's a business decision. At some point, just like with Ra Ra Thomas at Mississippi State, you like the player, but it, it doesn't make economic sense to invest in the player the way he thinks you should invest in him or somebody else will. Got to draw a line somewhere. Ole Miss drew a line. We think, or or, or maybe, I mean, yeah. yes, I guess to some degree they did. Or maybe he just loved College Station. I don't know. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. You want to uh, you want to be a part of the conversation? Join us on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Um, I don't know if the Ole Miss basketball postgame show has ended or not. Dan in Hattiesburg was looking for us on the radio and asked uh, about when it was uh, going to join. So uh, you had Ole Miss basketball, got Mississippi State basketball happening right now as uh, Mississippi uh, Mississippi State is playing in Lincoln, Nebraska against Drake. Mike in Oxford pointed out that Drake was in Des Moines. I was like, yeah, I get it. Mississippi State leads 31-23 with uh, less than two minutes to go in the first half. Let's see here. Quick look at the box score. And Eric Reed is leading Mississippi State with 11 points. Tolu Smith has got six points and four rebounds in the game so far today. As we're well. uh, we're back, so people don't have to suffer through that anymore. Great. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, if you've been with Ole Miss basketball, if you're an Ole Miss basketball fan that was listening to Ole Miss basketball, condolences. Yeah. Although, I will say this. It, Conference play hadn't happened yet. It's a premature conversation, uh, blah, blah, blah. But if you bring up the name Rick Rick Patino in any serious capacity, I would encourage you to stop doing that. One, he is ancient. I mean, he is old. And two, he didn't just commit what are now legal things under NIL. Okay, His, His program at Louisville... He's only 70. That's not ancient. Uh, he's a bad 70. But his program was providing on campus in a dorm adult services to underaged recruits. No, absolutely not. You do not bring that person or try to bring that person. He probably wouldn't come anyway because he's in New York and whatever. You, you don't try to bring that person to your campus. Absolutely not. That is not stuff that now is legal under NIL. Should have been criminal is what Wasn't it should have cleared? been. It was his program, and come on. No. you got to draw a line somewhere, and that is where you draw a line 
Probably wouldn't happen anyway, but it's the same people that bring up like, oh, just go hire Urban Meyer. No, you can't do that anymore. We know now who they are. So anyway, Google like the good mid-major coaches. Start your suggestions there. We get a message on the ceasefire text line that says, is Xavier a better college basketball job than Ole Miss? Yes. It is. And yes, there are people that are throwing Sean Miller's name around. Yeah, I know. Look, we're not we're not gonna st- I mean oh, we don't we don't need the, to do that. The right messages now. started coming in already uh earlier this afternoon about, about Kermit Davis. It's a long there's a lot of time left in the basketball season. I, I will simply say this. Golly, I feel like it's April all over again. I hate it because I really like Kermit Davis. Like, we're not close friends. We don't call each other and hang out and whatever. I have friends that are close friends with him. But very much acquaintances see each other socially from time to time. He and his family just incredibly plugged into the Oxford community. So it's hard. The expectations were laid out for Kermit Davis and were abundantly clear going into this season. The expectation is you you get you get to the NCAA tournament. It's time to get to the NCAA tournament. And if you don't, there better be a very extenuating circumstance. You don't want to be talking about this, though, eight days before you start conference play. A loss and to so, North Alabama warrants at least the fans I, asking I questions. No, I get it. I get it. We've had people today on the ceasefire text line said, make the decision right now. Just, Just do it now. No reason to. No real reason to. Right? I mean, that, that, unless the team just absolutely quits on the guy. But what do you gain from that? Morky, somebody points out that Coach Norman Dale got another chance. And you don't want to give... No, no, you don't call Rick Pitino. There, there are guys that are good coaches at... Mid-majors that you can hire. I've already gotten a text from a friend. None of the mid-major coaches would want to come. Yes, they would. Kermit's making more than $3 million a year. You you could find somebody that's having success at a lower-level program. Okay, stop it. That's ridiculous. Um, But you don't have to to go down that well and and lower your, your standards to the point of that. I don't think. I don't think you should, anyway. There are good coaches out there. Ceasefire text line, this is the same thing that was being said about Mike Bianco and he won a national championship. I don't see why people can't wait until the end of the season is over or nearly over. They will. That That's the thing. I mean, they will. And correct me if I'm wrong. Keith Carter's not pulling a plug on anything right now. No shot. Morky, I got a message that said, Richard, do you think Michael knows who Normandale is or was? Don't Google it. Oh, yeah, I do. The name didn't ring a bell, but I've seen the movie many times. 
Okay. Hoosier's reference, obviously. Yes. So you've got Mississippi State playing right now. And at the half, the Bulldogs lead 31-23 over Drake. And that is happening in Lincoln, Nebraska. The game is called The Battle in the Vault. Um, I don't know if that is technically one of those MTEs, the multi-team event deals where you're allowed to play games that don't count toward the total number of games you play. Anyway. So, yeah, I mean, more basketball conversation today than we've had in a while. And the basketball conversation centers around the idea that people are really disgusted with what Ole Miss is right now. Disgusted is better than not caring. And I don't know which sentiment is 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 larger right now. Apathy. Boy, you get a, go off to a bad start in conference play, too. I mean, you, you lose Wednesday night when everybody's focused on the bowl game. To, to start conference play and then and rattle off a couple more losses. One of those is to Mississippi State, and then it, it won't even be anger anymore. It'll be, well, the baseball team just won a championship. Let's go watch them instead. Yeah. Let's care about them instead. Dan at Hattiesburg says it doesn't help that their biggest rival is ranked and undefeated right now. Has nothing to do with this. I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, Dan, but I don't think that really applies here. In football, I think that would apply... In baseball, I think it would apply. But Mississippi State's got a lot to prove, right? Still. They are off to a really good start, and they've been good in close games. They've managed to win close games. Josh and Laurel says, you guys are so wrong. Josh, tell us what we're wrong about, because I'm not sure exactly what you're referring to. He said State uh, he, versus Ole Miss matters in every sport. That That is not why fans are mad right now. That that has absolutely – I interact with Ole Miss fans every, on a daily basis. On, on this show, via text line, friends, neighbors, social media, not a single person has mentioned Chris Jans or that team. Yes, the Egg Bowl matters, all that stuff. When it comes to basketball and going 4-14 and in conference play and following, following it up with this, it has – nothing to do, zero percent to do with what is happening in Starkville right now. Nothing. Zero. If State was also 8-4 and four with losses to North Alabama and UCF, fans would not be okay with what is happening. Not everything. And this, State fans last year wanted to move on from Ben Howland absent his record against Ole Miss. That that is in here. So a computer's losing its mind. Oh, okay. I was curious. What yeah, that it sounds was. like a B. I didn't know if that was like the intro to the music or what. No, that is a computer absolutely losing its mind in here. Josh said. Josh goes farther down this rabbit hole. And he says, "Let State make a deep run and Ole Miss not, and Kermit is done." Josh, I know you think that you got the market cornered on this, and and that you understand it better than we do, and maybe that maybe you do. Mississippi State making a deep run in the tournament has nothing to do with Kermit Davis's future. Being 4-14 four and 14 in the SEC last year and losing to North Alabama on a Tuesday afternoon in December this year 
and a really good top of the SEC with a daunting schedule to start league play, those are the things that factor into Kermit Davis and his future as the head coach at Ole Miss. And he's had some, he's basically split games with Mississippi State every year. We'll be back. Sports Sports Talk Mississippi continues. Borgie, did we get a final rating number on the World Cup in the United States? 17 million. Oh, really? Well, so that is just Fox. That So that hadn't added streaming yet and also uh, Univision. So hmm. still, I mean, you, you've got millions more coming. I, I think the projected number is like 22. So huge. Absolutely huge. Second biggest yeah, not, ever. Not not nearly as big as I would have thought. And no, but second biggest ever men's soccer television number in this country behind USA Portugal 2014, I believe. Yeah. Well, and I guess the the thing you got to remember is there are a lot of people who don't care when it's two other countries. Yeah. They just don't. Because there were, what, 18 million that watched the U.S.'s Saturday morning match against uh, the Netherlands? Isn't that who beat them? Sadly, yes. So, uh, big, though. Um, Once they add the Univision numbers, and it'll be up into the 20s uh, easily. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalktv.com. It's more than the college football national championship last year, by the way. Really? Yep. Didn't get over eight. It was like 18-2 or something like that. Hmm. 18-4. And its peak has been what? Close to 30? 27? Yeah, I think the first playoff was like 32. Yeah. It's going to be bad this year, too, relatively speaking, because New Year's Eve doesn't do well. I don't know why they insist on it. Well, it doesn't that, do that's well. That's semifinals, though, not national championship. Right. But the, the semifinals, it, it'll be a big talking point. Uh, but the issue for them is date. It's that, That's why you don't have the like big games on Saturday. Because people have stuff to do on Saturday. They have date night. They are more prone to watching groups. That's why the national championship games are on Monday nights. That's why Super Bowl's on a Sunday night. Even though you group watch there, too. Question for you. Which national championship matchup would do a bigger number? Georgia-Michigan or Ohio State-Michigan in a rematch? Ooh. I want to say Ohio State-Michigan. I mean, that's the most watched regular season game. In recent history, yeah. Think Georgia Michigan would do a bigger number? They would both be outstanding. You get Georgia Michigan in the national championship game, and you're back close to 30 million this year. 
Yep. Yep. Because that'd be a battle of undefeateds. And big brands and different big regions brands, of the country. Different parts of the country, you know, you, you get the entire the entire group watching. And and I mean I feel bad for not including TCU, but I mean in terms of TCU, I mean you're going to have people watch because it's the title game. But if TCU were to beat Michigan, that would be a not good that would be not good for television viewership in the national championship game. No. It would not. People are watching the postseason of the first ten bowl games. By the way, you got two of them happening today. One in Boise, Idaho. Of the first ten bowl games, nine of them have averaged more than one million viewers. Four averaged over two million viewers. Only the Bahamas Bowl has been under one million viewers. Newsflash, it was at 11 a.m. on a work day and still drew 882,000. It's incredible. And so you have all these people that talk about opt-outs and bowl seasons ruined. and uh, Then why do you watch? There's a reason they keep adding these games and, and they keep playing them is because 2 million people watch quote-unquote meaningless bowl games. It's They wouldn't do this if you didn't consume it. Trust me. There's a reason they pushed playoff expansion through so quickly. More money to be made. They wouldn't and, and, do this unless there's more money to be made. They wouldn't put 43 bowl games on if there wasn't money to be made in them. It's really that simple. I mean, if you think about it, spread out across the United States, there are a million people that are watching Eastern Michigan play San Jose State in Boise, Idaho on Blue Turf in the middle of the afternoon on a Tuesday. Yep. Every sports bar in America has this game on it right now. Every one of them. I mean, I'm sure there's some weird places that are, where they've got like first take on or something. I, I don't yeah, know. Somebody's got this. Or, or they, no, they've at least it, one it, of the TVs in the places have this right now. Yeah, if, if you are in a bar anywhere in America right now that has more than one TV and one, you know, this game's on, and people are watching it. And it's crazy when you think, of, okay, what, what's a million people? That's Neyland Stadium full ten times. That many people are tuned to a television step. And if it happens to be 1.3 million, it's 13 Neyland Stadiums. Then. Five o'clock hour coming up. We'll start things off with the college football fix when we come back with you. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. There's a choir outside of my house Singing Silent Night For any little thing that's gone wrong Christmas makes it right The children are singing Christmas carols And everybody's holding hands We've got that Christmassy feeling again Five o'clock hour with you on Sports Talk Mississippi Streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV, thank you for being with us. Richard Cross and Michael Borky. Brian Haydad has the weekend off. You want to be part of the conversation, you can join us in this last hour on the C Spire text line. 
601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business, backed by world-class IT experts who live where you do. That's right here in C Spire country. Check them out online at cspire.com slash business. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You can visit them online at pearlriverresort.com. Make Pearl River Resort part of your holiday plans. You know, get away for a night, grab a room, you can get a great meal, gaming, entertainment, the whole deal. It's all available there at Pearl River Resort. All right, let's jump into the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. 45 straight years, but F-Series has been the number one selling truck in America. Test drive an F-150 at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Checked in today with uh, some of the folks at Belk Ford in Oxford, and they were telling me that um, Ford has got some great interest rates that are, are out right now. Car loan interest rates have really ticked up, so you got some uh, nice incentives that are available if you are uh, if you are so inclined. So, uh, scoreboard update, Eastern Michigan 33, San Jose, uh, San Jose State 20. That's with three minutes left in the third. And uh, San Jose State seems to have gained a little bit of life. Borky, it looks cold there. You got yeah. the blue turf, just gray, there's no snow, but just and cold. Shreveport's going to be colder for the Independence Bowl, so. Really? Thanks to that Arctic whatever the heck that's coming down here, yeah. Hey, let's just uh, quickly. This is, this is not the plan, but let's um, let's peek at the bowl schedule and look at what's coming up. So we are on the twentieth of December. This is the eleventh bowl game, I think, to have been played. Later tonight, you've got the Boca Raton Bowl with Liberty and Toledo in FAU Stadium tomorrow, Wednesday. RL Carriers Bowl in New Orleans. On Thursday, you've got one game. That's the Armed Forces Bowl, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl with Baylor and Air Force. By the way, the New Orleans Bowl is Western Kentucky, South Alabama. And then on Friday, a couple of options. Louisiana and Houston in the Independence Bowl. Oh, man. Have you pulled up Shreveport's weather? I'm, I'm going to do it right now. I want to see just how bad it is. It's going to be terrible. Because I know on fr- in, uh, in, in Oxford on Friday, the high is like 18. Here we go. 10-day forecast for Shreveport, Louisiana on Friday. High of 27, low of 19, winds out of the north-northwest at 14 miles an hour. Have fun with that. Heck yeah. That's football Have weather. Have fun with that. Um, Wake Forest in Missouri and Tampa in the Gasparilla Bowl. That's on Friday also. Might actually get kind of cold there. I mean, they're... So, this is 
how my brain works, right? When I am not focused on sports, my, my after everybody goes to bed, I'll watch uh, like animal like animal guys on YouTube. People that either have a bunch of them or, or like safari guys. There's a guy in particular that I follow that goes and catches Burmese pythons out in the Everglades. Okay. Also, he will get paid to remove iguanas from places because iguanas are not native to Florida and they're invasive. So he's pumped up because when the weather comes down, the iguanas are going to freeze and fall out of trees and they can just walk around and pick them up and get paid for that. So he doesn't have to go hunt them down. They just get so cold, they fall out of trees. They get okay. cold-stunted. And so we're going to have that down in Florida. Even the Florida games are crazy. The NFL slate this weekend, there's like... Hey, real, real quick on Tampa. That Missouri game is a night game. Friday in Tampa, the high is 69. The low is 32 overnight Friday night. So they're going to play that game in what, the 40s? Yeah. That'd be cold. In Tampa. So this is the college football fix. We'll get to college football stuff in a second. This just blows my mind, though. So this weekend, NFL games. Here are kickoff temperatures for some of the NFL games this weekend. Kickoff temperatures. Not low, mm-hmm. not 2 a.m. when the ball's meeting the foot. Bills at Bears, minus 11. Seahawks at Chiefs. Well, temperature or what feels like? Real feels like temperature. Okay. okay. Feels Wind like temperature. Feel, real feel, yeah, okay. Eleven, negative 11. Seahawks at Chiefs, negative 6. Saints at Browns, negative 9. Nashville, Tennessee will feel like 5 degrees when the Texans kick the ball off against the Titans. Baltimore will feel like 7 for Falcons-Ravens. And Pittsburgh will feel like negative 4 for Raiders-Steelers. What is the what's the temperature where it doesn't really matter what the temperature is anymore? Somewhere in the twenties, right? Well, I, I guess what I'm saying is like when it gets to be eleven degrees, does it matter if it's eleven or minus eleven? I can't. Is it is it appreciably colder at minus eleven than at eleven? I've never been in the conditions to know. The Saints are doing the same crap the Dolphins did last week, though. Ah, yeah, we know it's going to be cold. We'll be all right. You practice indoors, and you play in a dome. What do you you mean you're going to be all right? You've got to travel a day early to get there to make sure that you can actually get there. The Dolphins were okay, though. Well, because it didn't snow until fourth quarter. Yeah, but it was really cold the whole game. But they've got, like... It's actually really not that bad. I mean, when you're on the field, it's cold, right? But they've got big jackets that are heated. They've got heated benches. I mean, they got all kinds of stuff to keep those guys warm. It's not like it's 1975 out here where guys were smoking cigarettes and drinking a bottle of Coke on the sidelines while just wearing their short-sleeve jersey and nothing else playing in a football game. Christmas Eve in Hawaii, Middle Tennessee, and San Diego State. Day after Christmas, Monday the 26th, New Mexico State and Bowling Green. So we never have bowl games on Christmas Day, right? Because it, it, it just, they, they don't play them on Christmas Day. They just don't. You used to have, what was it, the blue-gray game presented by Kelly Tires in Montgomery on Christmas Day? I remember watching that. 
Maybe there was a point in time somewhere where one of the Hawaii games was played on Christmas Day. I, I don't know. Never mind. Doesn't matter. But this year, you got a boatload of football on Christmas Day. Yes. Because the NFL still going to play on Sunday. No doubt. And it doesn't matter if the calendar says 25 December. That's what it's going to say this year. So you'll have plenty of TV options on Christmas Day this year. Yeah, forget the basketball. The NFL, man, they're a killer. The NFL is a parasite. They look at what other sports have and they decide, that's mine now. They they overtake the body. They did it with Thanksgiving. College football had that one Thanksgiving game. The NFL decided, why don't we just play two? No, we're going to have three. We're going to take that day from you. The NBA's big day is Christmas Day. That's the NBA's marquee day is Christmas Day. The NFL decided, no, it's not. That's our day now. And now they have Christmas Day games. It just They will look at something, and if somebody else benefits, the only thing the NFL gives up is March. Yeah. They And because they don't have games in March, but they don't do anything around March Madness. They let college basketball be its thing. Otherwise, if you're popular that time, we will take that from you. Tuesday, December 27th, so two days after Christmas, Four bowl games in one day. Camellia Bowl, that's Georgia Southern and Buffalo at noon. And then at 3.15 you get Memphis and Utah State, and at 6.45 you get Coastal Carolina, East Carolina. And then at 10.15 that night, Wisconsin and Oklahoma State out in Phoenix. And then same thing on Thursday, or Wednesday. It starts with UCF and Duke, which is a pretty good way to start the day. Yeah. Then Kansas and Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl. Okay. Yeah. Oregon and North Carolina. Yes. In the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. That one kicks off at 7 o'clock Central. And then at 8 o'clock Central from Houston, the Tax Act Texas Bowl. That's a good day of football right there. Texas Tech and Ole Miss. It's a lot of football in one day. It's a good day of it, though. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. We will continue with the college football fix when we come back. To Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. Some uh, some college football stories. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com or at um, stores all across the state of Mississippi, including Kincaid's in the Jackson metro area, Landry's in Oxford, and lots of others. We'll be sure to tell you about all of those stores where you can get Genteel. Maybe a little hard to get the shipping done if you order them online, but find one of those uh, those stores that sells Genteel apparel. 
Gentile is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. I've been telling you about him for a long time. Michael Borky can work for him, uh, vouch for them as well. He's yeah. got the pullovers on right now. They're very popular at my church, by the way. <laughs> Gentile everywhere. And I would like to take credit for it, uh, so I'm going to. But yeah, okay. Gentile everywhere. Good. Very good. Um... Of the first, we told you this earlier. The first ten bowl games, nine of them have averaged more than a million viewers. And the uh, the Bahamas Bowl, which kicked off at eleven a.m. on a workday, was just shy of that. Brett Bielema, the road back for Brett Bielema has been a good one. So he goes from Wisconsin to Arkansas to what? The Patriots? He bounced around a little bit in the NFL. Bounced around a little bit, got back into the college game, hired by Illinois, five and seven in his first season this year. Illinois goes eight and four. They are in a bowl game. They are playing Mississippi State, and Brett Bielema gets a contract extension through twenty twenty eight, and about a million and a half dollar raise. They're going to pay him six million a year to be the head of the Fighting Illini. Good move, or is this one of those deals where you, if you're an Indiana, uh, excuse me, an Illinois fan, you go, yeah, but who are you bidding against? Yeah, didn't feel like you were bidding against anybody, so you know maybe that was a mistake there. But they love the direction, and possibly, I guess we'll see how it shakes out because they've taken more than one visitor. But uh, Luke Altmeyer recently visited Illinois. Which seems like a really good spot for him. When I said that on Twitter, people replied, they're like, oh, they can do, he can do better than that. He's a ranked Big Ten team. I mean, yeah. <laughs> how much better can you do at and a place? It wasn't very good offensively. Right. And so you'd step right in and be the quarterback. I can think of much worse places to go. There are a lot of quarterbacks in the portal, and people think that, you know, they're all just going to go find somewhere to start. As if there's no incumbent starters at a bunch of places in college football. That would be a great landing spot for him. Good defense, although they lost their coordinator, which impacts Mississippi State's bowl game. But clear progression. You're in the easier Big Ten division, although those are going away anyway. Cool town. There's a lot to like about Illinois. You spent much time in Champaign? Been once. It was cold. Would imagine so. Big Ten, the Big Ten's got some pretty cool towns. Yeah. Um. Devin Leary, formerly the quarterback at NC State, good player, right? Mississippi State saw him a couple of times. Once. This was last year, and uh, he's been in the portal. It appears as if he is going to Kentucky. This is a good get. And I don't know if you've seen the stories that are floating around. You remember last year, Kentucky's offense was pretty good with Liam Cohen calling plays. Liam Cohen left to go to the NFL to call plays for the L.A. Rams. Made sense. A lot of smoke around the idea that Liam Cohen is coming back to Kentucky and what was it? Was it Rick Scangarelli? I think that was his name. Something like that. And that didn't work out. That was a one-year experiment. You know, another NFL-type guy. It just didn't work at all. So he's out, and we'll see who's coming back. Do you like the move? 
for Kentucky to be able to bring in Devin Leary? It's a really good get, especially considering that Auburn was also uh, after him. Leary got hurt this year, so I'll give you 2021, but 66% completions, 3,430 yards, 35 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. It's an experienced starter at the Power 5 level that can fill the shoes of uh, Will Levis left behind. It's it's a really good pickup for them. Uh, Auburn played a weird balancing act where they tried to get Leary and McCall to visit at the same time. And McCall canceled his. They talked about academics, that he, he wouldn't qualify for school at Auburn. Like it's Harvard or, or something. I mean, give me a break. They tried to bring both guys in at the same time, made one mad, the other went to Kentucky. Now Auburn's back to square uh, zero with uh, with their transfer quarterback search. But that's a, that is a good get for Kentucky. He's one of those portal guys that a lot of people, I assume, were after because you experienced Power 5 quarterbacks that were good, don't grow on trees. You, you think Robbie Ashford's just kind of sitting off on the sideline and every time a guy doesn't sign, he's like, yes. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not that he's not willing to compete, compete for the job, but still, you, you want that to be your job. The, the more guys go elsewhere, the more likely you are to be the guy. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned Ray Davis, the Vanderbilt running back, is also transferring to Kentucky? Yeah, that's a good pickup for them, too. I mean, Kentucky got better today. There's no doubt. Ray Davis is a good player. I don't know how much Vanderbilt football all of you out there watched, but he was a bright spot. Uh, on that offense, which was otherwise not particularly great, very good running back. Yeah, and and Kentucky's going to use him well, and it's a good pickup for and, them. And they had a big hole to fill there in, in the absence of Chris Rodriguez, right? I mean, Chris Rodriguez moves on, headed toward the draft. His time at Kentucky was up. Will Levis headed toward the draft. Time at Kentucky is up, and so now they get to get a new quarterback, and they got a good one from NC State. A new running back, get a new one, a good one from Vanderbilt. Porky, you say we've got a couple of good additions to the all name team. Uh, the best additions imaginable. Uh, there is an athlete in Colorado. He plays both sides of the ball. I am not kidding, guys. His name is Rowdy Beers. Rowdy Beers will be yeah. playing. For Florida International University, that is a real player, a real recruit, a real scholarship offer. Going to go play for Mike McIntyre, there's a name for you, at Florida International, Rowdy Beers. (laughs) Um, It is announcement. uh, You you can't make that one up, can you? No, you can't. I mean... Every fraternity on campus is going to be begging for him to join, by the way. I mean, just for the name alone. He could be the worst person on earth, but they'll, they'll still want him. Uh, underneath what, his what announcement, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings uh, put the little, like, uh, signing a paper emoji underneath his. So he might get an NIL deal out of that. I mean, it would make sense, right? Do we believe that is his real given name? I would like to think so, if okay. nothing but lore. Also, Dude Person from Northwest right here in Mississippi. Dude Person committed to Central Arkansas. It's kind of redundant, isn't it? Dude Person. What a phenomenal Do we, do we think that is a given name? No, I don't. Okay. Chase and Amory on the ceasefire text line. I may be off, but Grayson McCall seems like he would be a perfect fit at Georgia. 
He's got some Stetson Bennett in him. You see a similarity there? Yeah, actually, he he does. Uh, I think he's got a little bit more skill. But him at a place he's bigger like, than Stetson Bennett. He, he's six yeah. three. Uh, him at a place like Georgia, I wouldn't like. But reporting was that Florida is the the current favorite, although there's been no announcement. Yeah. He could have done this last year, chose not to. I have a feeling if Chadwell stuck around, he wouldn't have done it again. But he wasn't transferring from Coastal to Liberty. Because, I mean, Ole Miss would have taken him in a heartbeat. He would have had options like he has right now last year had he hit the portal, chose not to, and stayed at Coastal. And then injured some this season. Yeah, got hurt towards the end. Good player, though. Very, very good player. Um... We'll get into this when we come back. There's a, a tweet from Jeff Trailer, which may or may not be a name that uh, that you know. He is the head football coach at uh, Texas San Antonio, UTSA, the Roadrunners. And like a few other coaches have kind of alluded to, he did more than just allude to an issue that is happening in college football right now. Also, Bryce Young playing in the Sugar Bowl. Why? Well, we'll find out when we come back. You're going to be a part of the conversation on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Online, visit OxfordMS.com. Visit Oxford. Holly Jolly Holiday still going on. And if you want to ice skate when it's cold, give it about two days, and you will have all the cold you want. You want it to feel like Christmas? Find the full schedule for the ice skating rink and all the other things that are happening online at visitoxfordms.com. Take the friggin' wax out of here. Did you hear me? This is Sports Talk. This is Sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. Watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why, Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list, checking it twice, gonna find out. Jeff Trailer is the head coach at UTSA in Borky. He does not like what some coaches are doing to his football roster. Not able to open the link. Do you have that? Handy, I do. Um, and he is is not alone today. Pat Narduzzi on a radio show. Pat Narduzzi, by the way, a $40 million contract in his possession, called it a sad, sad deal that two programs that he refused to name offered North Carolina's quarterback $5 million to join their team for his, uh, his next season. Uh, but Jeff Trailer took it a little further. He is the UTSA head coach, the very successful. Wait, wait, say that. Say that last thing again. Pat Narduzzi called it a sad, sad deal that North Carolina's quarterback, you know, the one that just recreated Drake May, Drake May yeah. that just reaffirmed he's staying at North Carolina, uh, was offered more than five million dollars by two schools that he refused to name uh, to transfer. He said that on a, a local radio show there in Pittsburgh today. Yeah, we we can't feel good about a kid that has the opportunity to go. Pick up 
$5 million when he's 19. Yeah, it, calling that sad is just so remarkably tone deaf, considering that there are actual sad things that happen every day in your backyard when you have a $40 million contract. But either way, so so he refused to name these schools. Jeff Trailer did the same thing. Wildly successful head coach at UTSA has kind of taken over that program and built it from the ground up. It's a very new FBS program, and he is a very successful coach. Here's what he put on Twitter. Dear at NCAA, how does UTSA football report Power 5 schools who are trying to poach our young talent? How much evidence do we really need to make this not be a part of our game? I I understand the frustration. And look, I think we can even agree that it's wrong, right? I mean, if a kid wants to transfer and puts his name in the transfer portal, it's all well and good and fair game. But it does feel kind of icky to reach out to a kid who is happy where he is. I go, yeah, I know you're happy, but. But is it does it feel icky because it's actually icky, or does it feel icky because there's like some unwritten rule that we haven't ever been okay with that happening? Because you could be happy in your current job, and somebody could recognize that you are good at that and reach out to you directly or through an intermediary and say, Hey, you're interested in talking about something else? I think I got something worth talking about. Yeah, it, it does feel hypocritical to, to start, I think, because it, unless he is an outlier, unless he's a unicorn, Jeff Trailer's agent has reached out to other bigger jobs about possibly filling them. Was that? Something that we need to get out of the game. Coaches leaving before their season's over, before bowl games. I mean, so why is it wrong if your players are doing the same? But more importantly to me, when you've got these coaches, and he's not the only one. Mac Brown at North Carolina did it. Pat Narduzzi's doing it. You've got people in, in the media that do it. If you want to say things like this, I've got proof that schools that I refuse to name are tampering with players, either display your proof or shut up. Because this is attention-seeking. What Pat Narduzzi said is attention-seeking. What some in the media do is attention-seeking. Until you are willing to expose the schools doing it and bring your receipts with you, you're just seeking attention. That's it. So until you start calling some of these schools out, guess what they're not going to stop doing? You have to make examples of people if you want them to stop doing things to you. I mean, what, Call what, them coaches, out. what coaches do we have that have been actually willing to name names? I, I don't know of one. Maybe None there is in the one. transfer I don't know of portal, one. but in the NIL, I can only think of two. I think Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin about, about Jimbo. Yeah. Those are the two. At least to to get specific, yeah. But I'm kind of tired of this stuff. There's an easy way to stop this. Put them on front street, right? Expose them. Or they're not going to stop. 
Or if you expose them, that means you can't do it yourself. Unless Pat Narduzzi's staff is not through back channels, because that's how it works, talking to other kids at other schools. Because if you're not doing that, then you sure have a, a gigantic leg to stand on, and you should stand on it. If UTSA is not back channeling a single player that is committed to another or that is currently playing for another school, then then buddy, expose it and you will be my my new favorite college football coach. Cuz that that one it, it shines a light on on your principles. Mhm. And that would make you an outlier. Because this tampering stuff shouldn't happen. It, it has happened to Ole Miss players. It has happened to Mississippi State players and also players at Ole Miss and Mississippi State want to play for their school. It shouldn't happen, though. A college football player during a season should not have, through back channels, people talking to him, hey, if you transfer, you'll get more money if you go here, while he's got a final exam on Wednesday or, or a test on Wednesday and a game to play on Saturday. Shouldn't happen. It doesn't happen in the NFL. It's banned. You get fined. You lose draft picks if you tamper. Ask the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. So it should get out. But until these coaches man up and start actually exposing these people, then nothing's going to happen and you just sound like a whiner. Do something about it. People would support you if you did something about it. Sports Talk Mississippi. There's a guy in college football that's really hard not to root for. Sometimes when guys get to the pinnacle of the sport, People turn on them. It's really hard not to like Bryce Young, who is not opting out. He is not skipping the Sugar Bowl to get ready for the NFL draft. Uh, Richard, something is uh, playing off of your computer. I keep turning your mic on. I know. There it is. All right, we're good. There we go. Here we go. We got Bryce Young. About 15. I got it. No, it's all these autoplay things on ESPN. It's terrible. Here, I've got the audio. I'll play it. Here Here it is. Uh, It was just I wanted to finish with with my teammates uh, this season. Um, Again, there's been a lot of work, a lot of – um, you know, a, a lot that's gone into this year. And, you know, um, I just get another chance to play with my brothers. That's really how I look at it. Um, this is a, a great opportunity for us as a team, uh, for me, um, you know, for all of us. And, um, you know, we've, we've all had each other's backs all year. Um, it's been about accountability, about uh, making sure that we're, we're, we're holding ourselves to our standard. And um, that's words that we all live by, that, that I live by. Um, so for me, um, you know, it was easy. I just wanted to, um, you know, it's another opportunity to go out there and play with, play with my brothers. So, um, again, I'm I'm grateful for the chance we have, for the opportunity we all have, um, individuals and as a team. Um, you know, this is a huge opportunity. Um, this is a, a big game to play against a really, really good team. Um, and, um, you know, we, we have a lot that, that we want to prove to ourselves. There's a lot that we want to accomplish um, as a team. And um, I'm, I'm just happy to get another chance to play with my guys. So that's Alabama quarterback Bryce Young on why he is playing in the Sugar Bowl. He just wanted to finish his season with his teammates. Look, I love the answer from Bryce Young. I loved the answer a year ago from Matt Corral. That doesn't mean the guys that choose to opt out are wrong. It doesn't. No. They get they gotta make the decisions that are, are right for them. 
But I love when a guy of that stature stands up. Interestingly enough, and it's the Sugar Bowl two years in a row, who has had the marquee quarterback in the game say, yeah, I'm playing. And, man, all you want for Bryce Young is to go out and play well and stay healthy. Go out wearing that, that red helmet with the white numbers on it for the last time in your career. Stay healthy. Go play well. You deserve that. But when you say, I'm going to stick with my teammates because it's the right thing to do, he deserves to get through that game healthy. Matt Corral deserved to get through it healthy last year. didn't work out that way. I wonder if he had it to do all over again if Matt Corral would make the same decision. Now, if he knew what the outcome was going to be, maybe he'd be like, yeah, I'd probably sit it out. But if he had it to do all over again and he chose to take a day or two after the Egg Bowl and then decide whether to play again, my guess is that he would feel the same way all over again and do it that way. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. See, there is some good in college football. Tomorrow is National Signing Day. We will try to get you set for that when we come back. F you, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. One last time, Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us. If you want to be a part of the conversation here at the end of the show, you can join us on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Mississippi State goes down in basketball for the first time this year. Not a good day for the SEC. Texas A&M loses at home to Wofford. Ole Miss loses at home to North Alabama, and Mississippi State goes to Lincoln, Nebraska, and loses 58-52 to Drake, and that's after leading by eight at the half. They were outscored by 14 in the second half, 35-21. Mississippi State is now 11-1 on the season, first loss of the year. They were ranked 15th in the country. It's fine, right? I mean, it doesn't derail anything, doesn't change anything. And Drake was a decent team, right? They were eight and three coming into that ball game. Got to give Caleb. By the way, uh, you guys listening hear his voice during the news breaks. Um, right before our show started, he he was a little disappointed with the way Ole Miss was playing because they played like crap today, and it looks bleak. Told me to keep my eye on Drake's coach Darian Devries. He said, they play State today. He's a really good coach. Look at his record. He's won everywhere. He's gone. Watch today. And then three hours later, 
So shout out Caleb. That was a good call. Ceasefire text line just tuned in. Anyway, pastime for Ole Miss to move on from Kermit. That's from Walt. There was a lot of that sentiment on the text line earlier in the show. Dan in Hattiesburg says, well, I guess we'll fall completely out of the polls since we lost to Drake. Nah, probably not. I mean, drop, but probably not. I mean, you're not dropping 11 spots for one loss. Uh, I thought on Matt Corral said Matt was a player. He would have played no matter what. Uh, Dave and Ripley says it doesn't make guys wrong to opt out of bowl games. It makes them wusses. Back in Oxford says, I agree, what a great presence and inspiration by Bryce Young, but I know what I would tell my son, unfortunately. Drake is 99 in the net. There are, that, that, that's, that's fine. I mean, it's, it's not fine. You don't want to lose to Drake, but in, in terms of losses, there are worse ones. Yeah. Dave and Ripley says, teams are tampering with Frank, uh, I'm sorry, it's not Dave, it's somebody else. Teams are tampering with Frank Gore Jr., even though he's stated numerous times he's staying at MSU. But I don't hear Will Hall complaining about it. You know what I mean? You know, I would imagine, I could be wrong, possibly I'm wrong. I would imagine that Southern Miss is doing their due diligence just like everybody else. Maybe they're not, but it's only the guys that cry wolf that bother me. If you're crying about it, you better not be doing it. And if you're crying about it, expose them. That's how you put an end to it. Like, if it really bothers you, I mean, if it really bothers you, and you've got proof, then you just air it out. I mean, I guess, what are you worried about? Being blackballed? Not being able to get another job? Possibly. And maybe so. I mean, maybe maybe that's a legitimate concern for Jeff Trailer. Making a really good living in a cool city and a program where he can win and be there as long as he wants to be there. He's making like $4 million a year. Yeah. Think about that. $4 million a year to be the head football coach at the University of Texas at San Antonio. And doing a good job. Borky, what do we need to know about National Signing Day, which is tomorrow? Uh, very little fireworks. Uh, that's just kind of how it works now. Most of the players that are signing are already committed to your school. It's also important to know that transfer portal players do not have to sign tomorrow. They don't. They have another month if they want to get into school before spring practice, and then there's going to be another window after spring practice. So it's just high school kids. I mean, a I guess a portal guy, if he wanted to, could make an announcement tomorrow just to be in on the fun. But they are not required. There's a couple of guys out there that Ole Miss might try to sign, and who knows, with Zach Arnett at the helm, if State has identified a couple of guys that they're going to try to get after. But it's going to be a pretty straightforward thing. The class that you've got committed is very likely to be who signs with you tomorrow with not much fanfare. We will uh, we'll talk National Signing Day tomorrow. What does the class look like for Mississippi State, for Ole Miss, for Southern Miss? We'll bring all of that to you. Robbie Falk will join us tomorrow uh, in studio with Hey Dad out. Give us a little bit of Mississippi State perspective on the incoming class for the Bulldogs. We appreciate you being with us on this Tuesday afternoon, the 20th 
of December. For Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Good night. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWGEmployerServices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.